Hey, welcome back everybody. Balls and Beards podcast episode number 32 already. Sports guy Chris here with my good friend Mikey once again. Mikey, how are you doing on this wonderful hot uh, Saturday here in Southern California, my friend? Um, I'm doing pretty well. Oops. Oh, oops. Uh, <laughs> doing pretty well. Um, you know, hanging out. Uh, it's been a long, long week, but excited for the weekend, my friend. Awesome, awesome. Of course, um, we've had some big news the last couple days affecting um, both of our teams in different sports, of course, but we have to talk about uh, your Lakers landing, Russell Westbrook, of course. Yeah. You know, Aaron Rodgers did show up uh, to Green Bay. We'll touch on those two things. And the NBA draft, of course, was Thursday night as well. We'll touch on all of that and a little bit more today as well. But, guys, we're going to jump right into it, of course. Huge trade in the NBA um, Mikey's Lakers went out and landed Mr. Russell Westbrook from the uh, Wizards. The deal included uh, Kyle Kuzma, Contavious uh, Caldwell-Pope, Montrez Harrell, and the number 22 pick in the draft. There were some second-round picks flopped around and so forth. Um, and that brought Mr. Russell Westbrook out here to Southern California to join the Lakers. We're going to lead off with that today, and of course, I am—I can't wait to get Mikey's take. Um, as we talked a little bit before we jumped on and recorded, my uh, my initial, you know, uh, findings out there is it's—it's uh, it's really kind of bipolar. People right. love yeah, it, it or they hate it, yeah. and it's going to work really good, yeah. or it's not going to work at all. Yep. Dude, floor is yours. I—I'm uh, chomping at the bit to get your take on how this is going to impact your Lakers and what you see. Um, yeah, okay, so let's <laughs> unpack this one, shall we? Yeah, absolutely. You know, first and foremost, um, you know, the Lakers got a bona fide, you know, third star. Yeah, I absolutely. mean, there's there's no absolutely. question about it. You yeah. know, now the Lakers, yep. um, you know, they're a big three now. Yeah, um, definitely. You know, before they were definitely. obviously a big two, a big duo, you know, but now they're yep. a big three. Yeah. Um, you know, that is something that will carry some success. Um, you know... Anybody that listens to this, to this podcast with any sort of regularity or talks to me or Chris or anybody, you know, and, and within our circles to some degree knows that, you know, I, have, we have this podcast have been not the biggest fans of Westbrook. We've yeah, we've questioned been super a lot of things about of his him. game. We have been. We have been. Um, Absolutely. And dude, I've been racking my brain since all this kind of went down on Thursday, trying to figure out and decipher how I feel about yeah, this thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, because as a Laker fan, it's nice that we're making moves, um, you know, and, but at the same time, it's like not necessarily the player that you wanted, you sure, know, rumor had sure. it that they, we were pretty close for the same kind of players to get buddy healed out of Sacramento would have been a much like better that. shooter. Yep. Certainly, yep. you know, I, I feel like if we didn't make the trade that we would have had the ability to maybe do a sign and trade for a Kyle Lowry, for example, somebody that shoots yeah. the ball better, can play good defense you know, probably fits into our wheelhouse a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. But then on the flip side, I, I, you know, it's tough not to, you know, look at the stats and look at the numbers, and we've done that with Russell Westbrook. Yes. You know, yeah. and mm-hmm. and at the end of the day, you know, the Lakers are getting a bona fide talent that has for several seasons in a row now, you know, a couple seasons for sure, has averaged a triple-double, um, you know, has broken Oscar Robertson's record for triple-doubles. Yeah, he um, has. You know he's he's healthy. Yeah. The guy rarely gets hurt. Yeah. Um. And you know he puts he rebounds the ball better than a lot of bigs do. Yeah, um, it's a great so point. So I I think that in terms of our offense, I think Russell Westbrook is going to help. 
Um, you know, I get it. He's not a great shooter. Um, I also think, you know, that that will improve a little bit with the Lakers because mm-hmm. if a healthy Anthony Davis is on the floor, if a healthy LeBron is on the floor, defenses aren't going to be able to play him straight up. They're going to dare him to shoot, a la, yeah. you know, like Giannis in, yeah, in right. Milwaukee. Yep. Yep. So I think he has the opportunity to, to you know, put the ball in the hole at a higher percentage rate than what he has consistently done. Um, you know, he's never really played on a team outside of the young Thunder teams, you know, with a young Durant and a young Harden mm-hmm. that attracted as much attention to multiple players on the court as yep. what the Lakers are going to throw out there. So I think that that's going to help. Um, you know, I, I was looking into it. I don't know the exact number, but, you know, read a blip about, you know, the fact that he is one of the better point guards in the NBA at assisting at or near the rim. That's an interesting so, stat, Mikey. I actually had not heard that one yeah, before. Yeah, so, so, you know, his ability to, to find guys cutting to the rim um, or getting out to shooters and stuff like that is at a really high clip. And his ability to get in the paint is, you know, some amongst the best in the league in terms he, of point totally, guards are concerned. Yeah, totally. Um, you know, defensively, you know, he leaves a little bit left to be desired, I think. But, you know, you look at LeBron James in the last couple of years since Anthony Davis has been in town – and, you know, you see a renewed LeBron James on that end of the floor. So, And, and that's Frank Vogel's calling card, has mm-hmm. been defense. I mean, even with injuries last year to Anthony Davis, to LeBron James, we were consistently amongst some of the best defensive teams in the NBA. Yep. Now, we just traded away KCP, who was a big reason for that uptick in that defense. That is true, yes. Um, yep. Kyle Kuzma, not really a different make, difference maker off, you know, defensively. Offensively, by trading Kuzma and KCP in particular, we traded away our best two three-point shooters last year. Yep. So we've got some catching up to do there. Yep. I think that the other aspect to this trade isn't so much about Russell Westbrook and his fit with LeBron and Anthony Davis. But on a side note with that, continuation on that note, before I get to my other note. Yeah. Russell Westbrook, in his tenure in the league, has not played with an alpha dog like LeBron James. People, before you even get and say, oh, but Kevin Durant. No, 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 no. I'm talking about a veteran, solid guy that has won championships, that has been through the playoffs multiple times, that has, you know, that, that's got the resume. Kevin Durant, for all of his accolades, doesn't have the resume that LeBron James does. No, and when those two played together, Kevin Durant was an excellent player, a great scorer, but had not won anything. Correct. Um, not, you know, so... Um, so like we had been talking point. about, Chris, you know, you're talking about an up and, two up-and-coming players in Russell Westbrook, Kevin yeah. Durant, still trying to figure out their way around the league. You know, you get Westbrook finally going to, to Houston, you know, where at that point, Harden has already established himself as an MVP candidate, an MVP winner. Uh, he was the alpha dog on Houston, so it, you know. Um, but it, that's not a that was clearly not a great fit, you know. Yeah, and then right, he goes yep. to Washington, and you know, I I think you could probably argue that he was the better player over Bradley Beal. Just saying, you can make that argument. Not saying it's true. Um, Overall player, but you I could. Think so yeah. But I, when you I come so. to the Lakers now and you're playing with two of the top ten players in the NBA, yeah, there's no that. doubt that who the top dog is. Yeah. So, Having said that, I think by training for Russell Westbrook and clearly, obviously, moving on from Dennis Schroeder, hopefully by via you know sign and trade, Chris. Right, right. That would but be what this trade is, what this trade did, Chris, is I, oh God, again, Goodness, what this trade did, 
without a doubt is it has now opened up the 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 floodgates if you will or at least maybe not floodgates but it opened up the the opportunities for veteran guys that want to win a championship it opened up their doorway just that much more because guys are going to look at that and they're going to look at the potential opportunities that they're going to get you know rumor has it uh rudy gay carmelo anthony uh even demar Derozan um it, it likes what the lakers are doing so you know the lakers they Pretty don't have a lot of cap right space there, yeah. right they, they don't have a lot of cap space right right um but if guys are willing to take you know, small contracts yeah. for the ability to win. Yeah. Um, I think this opens things up for the Lakers that they can get some talent. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see Caruso, free agent. You know, what are the Lakers going to do with him if he gets sure. a big offer sheet? Same thing with Talon Horton Tucker. Um, you know, what do, what do these guys do? What do the Lakers do? Right. I mean, Talon Horton Tucker, pro, I, I think there's good potential. He's in, included in a sign-and-trade, okay. but it's got to be for the right player. Yeah, of course. Um, you of know, course. And, and that kind of a thing. So it depends. I think it'll be interesting. If a guy, if a team signs him to an offer sheet and there's a talented shooter on that squad, a 3 and D type guy, you know, look out. Maybe the Lakers say, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll sign him to our team for this price, but you send us back this guy. Sure. I think that there's a lot of things at play, but ultimately I think that, you know, it's an interesting mood, move. I think it's an interesting mood too. But, uh, you know, this is definitely one of those things, man, where it's going to be exciting Lakers basketball. There's going to yes, be a lot of dunks, yes, you know, and, yeah. and provided health. I think this is definitely a move that pushes the Lakers back into that forefront in terms of Western Conference teams. Um, Absolutely. Russ, I mean, you know, people might forget, you know, he played for UCLA. I mean, this yeah. is his hometown. So there is always something to be said for coming back home. And, mm. you know, I think that that's going to be in play here, too. And I think, you know, Westbrook's going to want to shed some of that bad baggage that he's been catching for, yeah. you know, from people like us. I mean, yeah. We're nobodies, but, you know, yeah. um, it'll be, it'll just be interesting. It'll be interesting all the way around. Um, we'll see what kind of adversity gets thrown their way and what they do with it when yeah. that happens. But, right, right. Um, yeah. You know, LeBron and Westbrook have played together in, in Olympic and, you know, World Cup type uh, teams. That's true. You know, yes. the familiarity is there. I, I think that, you know. It'll be interesting. I, I, I'm not holding my breath. I, I, you know, I, I don't know how really still what to think of this. Sure, um, sure. You know, I, I just hope that you know, Jack and 35 footers, you know, with 20 seconds left in a shot clock, shot clock is not. It's kind of out of his yeah, system. It's not right ideal. Now. Yeah, it's yeah. not ideal. No, but that's definitely. kind of where I'm at with this whole uh, trade and and whatnot. And, awesome. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. It was, it was a great take. It was a great take, and it was an honest take, you know, as well, which is nice. So, you know, we've, as you pointed out, we've had our reservations about Russ and his game, and we've talked about that. And uh, you know, you mentioned them, but um, the the interesting thing that I'm hearing from the pundits and the experts out there is that how this is somehow going to, and I've heard this from more than one expert, that this is somehow going to adversely affect LeBron's game and this other thing, and it's going to it's gonna make LeBron not nearly as, as good or whatever term you want to use as he normally is or this, that, and the other thing. And correct me if I'm wrong, Mikey, but I'm assuming these three guys probably have had a few conversations before this trade was worked out. I, I, I don't really see LeBron being the recruiter that he is, just uh, 
not even reaching out to Russ at all before this trade or anything. Or even Rob Polinka for that Rob Polinka. Or Rob Polinka I mean, reaching out to LeBron saying, hey, what do you think yeah, about this? Yeah, I read a couple of stories, right? These guys were, the, the big three were talking for, for a couple weeks. Well, there was a, a clip bit, that was so. going around social media after this went down, and it was when the Lakers played the Washington Wizards. And, um, you know, there was uh, a conversation, of, and, and a hot mic picked up Anthony Davis telling Russ, like, we'll, we'll, we'll see you next year. Kind ah, of thing. Yeah. And, and yeah. for something along those lines, <laughs> uh, you know, so kind of alluding to him coming sure, to the Lakers. Sure. So, yeah, I, I mean, look, you know, the NBA, we've talked about this. The NBA isn't what it used to be. I mean, these guys are all friends. They're oh, pals. yeah, of course. They yeah, text, yeah. they hang out, go yeah, on vacations definitely, together, definitely. you know, sing Kumbaya, make s'mores. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and so eat tacos on Taco Tuesday. So, like, they do. They you do. know, I, I don't think that there's – I think you're absolutely right. I think they've been texting ever since okay. this trade went down. I, I think that you're absolutely right. I don't think that this deal gets made – Unless, you yeah. know, it's got kind of LeBron's stamp of Perfect. approval on it. So that's my first thing. I don't think there's a problem at all with I fit. can see, though, playing devil's advocate, though, sorry sure, to interrupt, sure. but I could no, see no. where people, you know, LeBron has always been very ball dominant. And oh, totally. so, you know, right. you go yeah. and you get a guy sure. in Russell Westbrook sure. that's now ball dominant and, yeah. you know, yep. very ball dominant. Yep. He's not a guy that you can just give the ball to LeBron and then Russ can sit in the corners. Right. So it'll be interesting to see kind of how that plays out. Um, totally. But yeah, dude, uh, it, it'll be that'll be interesting. So I can maybe see, like I said, where some of sure, these pundits sure. or experts might have reservations about the fit. I could see but, that. You know, Le- LeBron's ability to finish at the rim, Russ's ability to finish at the rim. Yep. LeBron shoots the three-point shot at a much higher clip than what he right, did right. several years ago. So yep. you know, you could see Russ bringing out down to the floor, and you know, maybe LeBron's fading out to the corners and shooting yeah, th- corner yeah. threes or. You know, LeBron's running out on the break, and here comes Russ for the lob. I mean, I, I think I think they'll be okay. They're smart so enough. I think they'll be okay. So, you know, but that that's part of the first thing I, you know, I wanted to throw my two cents in about it. But the other part is, is at this stage in his career, I don't think LeBron needs to be as ball dominant, dominant right. excuse me, as he normally needs to. He's 36. He's got 17 billion miles of NBA mileage on his body, yeah. on his legs at this point. You know, we had the ankle injury last year. He came back and played at a high level at the end of the year and into the playoffs, no doubt. Um, but I don't think for LeBron to, to continue to play at a, a high level and be successful, he doesn't necessarily have to have the ball in his hands all the time. And honestly, this is, at the moment... I don't like giving grades on stuff. Everybody gets grade heavy on trades and and drafts and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it would be an incomplete because, like you talked about, we have to see how the Lakers round out the roster. We all know you guys need shooting, and that's the big thing. So I've heard some guys, dude, day after the trade, I, I forgot what station I had on, NBA expert, follows the NBA for all these years, jumps on and says, it's bad, they didn't address shooting, they're going to be terrible in the playoffs. Straight out just dismiss this trade because there's no shooting. And it's like, well, you haven't rounded out the rest of the team yet. Let, right. Let's hang on with that first. Because the biggest problem for the Lakers last year, and correct me if I'm wrong, Mikey, but in my opinion was not the shooting. It was the fact that they got outplayed badly when LeBron wasn't on the floor. Correct. They were minus big time when LeBron wasn't on the floor. Even when AD was on the yeah. floor but LeBron wasn't, Minus big time. They needed another significant ball handler. Ding, ding, ding. You got one of the best in the league with Russ. He can create. He can do those things. So, 
let's see how the rest of the roster rounds out. You already hinted at, you know, a handful of guys that are kind of like, oh, oh, really? Oh, okay, Russ is down there now. So, I, you know, they're they're going to at least get a couple guys that are going to take some kind of cheaper contracts and come in and hopefully be able to, um, you know, contribute. So, I, I, I'm sure they'll round out the roster. You know, I, I don't see... Polinka making this move and getting this big three without having some other plans in Correct. place to, to address the shooting. But right. the two biggest needs, shooting, and to have a, a competent player to handle those ball handling duties when LeBron's not on the right. floor. You took care of that. Something you mentioned, you know, Russ, 11.5 rebounds per game this past year. Pretty darn good. One better thing, than anybody on our team. Better than, better than anybody, right? And then for the people that, you know, again, not to go back to the fit thing, but I think it's interesting to point out, right, and we talked about this a lot on the podcast, the Wizards struggled for the first two months of the season. Then they figured out how to play with each other, yeah. and they went, it was something along the lines, guys, of 20-10, and 22-12 down yeah, the they, stretch. They, they snuck in that's, and they got into the playoffs. That's some pretty good basketball over yeah. 30, 40-game samples. So yeah. it was kind of the first half of the year they weren't very good. It was like, are they going to fire the coach? What's going to happen? Kind of figured some things out. You know, Ross started, you know, I don't know. It's just that team came together. They figured out how to win together. And they ended up being a pretty good team the mm -hmm. second half of the season. Like you said, got in the playoffs. We all knew they weren't really going to do much in the playoffs for a lack of depth and everything. But it, it, it's an interesting take because it was just Bradley Beal and him and, you know, some other guys. I mean, the Wizards aren't necessarily stacked, didn't have the kind of depth you guys had this right, past right, year. So, yeah. you know, I, I could just kind of look at that and say, okay. Um, and I get it. This this will be Russ's, what, fourth team in four years? So I, I get it. You know, there's, like you said, you know, maybe an opportunity to shake some of the stigma that's happened now over, you know, well, he's still yeah. can't win, can't get it done, can't right. get in the playoffs and all these other things. But, you know, there was a time he was pretty good in the playoffs, and there was a time, like you pointed out, him and uh, Mr. Durant were up 3-1 to one on the Warriors team in that Western Conference Finals, couldn't yep. close the door. But this is a guy, when he was younger had a little bit more of a team around him, was a pretty good player in the playoffs yeah. early in his career. It's yeah. only been the last few years. So I'm interested to see what happens. Um, like like I said, you know, as far as rounding out the rest of the team, we all know Russ isn't a great shooter, but I don't. they didn't bring him in for his shooting. That's not why they brought Correct. him in. So I, I, like you said, I'm... But even Dennis Schroeder wasn't a great shooter either. No, he and, didn't. You know, he really had his one out. good season in OKC, a couple good seasons in OKC, yeah. and you know, this last season he really digressed. I mean, he didn't pass the ball particularly well. He didn't do the things that we kind of anticipated him doing for us, um, you know. And and he showed flashes of it, but you know, the games that we really needed him to really show up, and you know, he had those good moments, and you know, he had hustle plays, and he did some things well, but. You know, it was a lack of consistency. And if there's one thing that you can't say about Russell Westbrook, it's that he doesn't have consistency. He has consistency. I mean, oh, averaging yeah. a triple-double for a couple se exactly. you know, seasons in a yep. row is proof of that. And, totally you know, agree. like you said, averaging almost 12 rebounds a game is consistent. You yeah. Know? And, and um, now you get a guy in LeBron James with that averaged, you know, eight, nine assists last year, coupled with a guy that averaged a little over 10 assists a game last yep. year, you know, and, and you got passing, a, still a passing big like Marcus Gasol on your roster. Yeah. You have Anthony Davis yep. on your roster. 
I, I think that, you know, there is the potential offensively for this team to be really, really good. Yeah. And again, you know, I think that those shooters, shooters are going to be better when you are able to, to do things around the paint and you suck in the defense. And that is what LeBron and Russell Westbrook can do is they yeah. can bring yeah. that defense and pack that paint. Which allows just about everybody and anybody. I mean, in our championship run, Rajon Rondo has turned into a much better three-point shooter over the years, but he was really deadly for yeah, us true. from three-point range true. because of our ability with Anthony Davis and LeBron to suck in that defense. It's hard to argue and say that Russell Westbrook won't be able to accomplish some of those similar type feats. So, again, I think your grade of incomplete is completely correct. We have to see how they shape yeah, out this roster. Exactly. Um, you know, they got to get training camp under their belt. Yeah. Like, there's there's aspects to this that you absolutely have to take a look at, and you know, before you can really give them a grade. Yeah. So totally agree. Um, to wrap it up, I mean, with these three guys together, depend. You know, notwithstanding how they round out the roster, I'm with you. I think this just puts the Lakers right up to the top of the conversation for the teams in the West. I mean, it has to, in in my opinion. So, um, especially with that that stat you pointed out earlier, Mikey, with how uh, good Westbrook is as far as getting assists while he's uh, near the basket. That's fantastic when you got a guy like AD standing there who's incredibly efficient from from the restricted area anywhere in the paint. Pick your poison, right? Are you going to try and stop Russ? Are you going to leave AD wide open then? Like, yeah, and then LeBron that's not even talking about LeBron for that yeah. matter, who has developed a, a better long-range shot in his elder years here, and he still has the ability to still cut and and create as well. So, I I think it's it, it'll be it, it's going to be something interesting. That stats got me thinking a little bit, but um, hey guys, there we go. We we broke down Russell Westbrook to Mikey's Lakers here a little bit. We're going to take a quick segment break, and when we come back, we're going to switch gears to the NFL. Training camp, of course, is in full swing. Guys came in. Guys reported this week. None uh, uh, ever so bigger, of course, than uh, Mr. Aaron Rodgers reporting as well. We'll get to that in a second, guys. Balls and Beards podcast, episode 32. back everybody balls and beards podcast episode number 32 cruising right along we're gonna jump in now we're gonna switch gears we we talked nba we went through the russell westbrook to the lakers trade now it's nfl time training camp is going yeah guys have reported aaron Rodgers took the whole league and sports world by storm for a couple months kind of held it hostage there in the uh you know months of may and june and everything was he going to report? Is he going to get traded? Well, guys, he showed up in Green Bay. Um, as you'd imagine, I've had plenty to say about it. He also gave a pretty candid half-hour yeah. press conference where he actually let us know what Aaron Rodgers was thinking. And, and uh, I give him credit because it was a pretty honest press conference, I think. And I saw even a little bit more of uh, you know the Tom Brady in there, using the press like Tom has done in his elder years to kind of get some things out um, and things like that. And... Uh, I thought it was good, but you know we'll we'll get to my takes on it in a minute, Mikey. But I want to get your thoughts as an outside, you know, not Packers fan, you know, just football fan. You know what your thoughts are on Mr. Rogers actually showing up and is going to play in Green Bay at least for this year. Um, uh, thanks for showing up to work. Yeah, right. 
Um, that's my thought, dude. I mean, you know, you're you're a professional athlete, and you know, I get it. Like, you know, the NFL seems to, unlike other sports, the NFL seems to have guys every year that, for whatever reason, you know, through the media or through social media or whatever. Um, you know, seem to have these grievances or whatever, and they air their dirty laundry, they air their grievances, whether they're warranted or not, and things get, you know, in the 24-hour news cycles that exist in, you know, sports television and sports media, you know, you've got basically much ado about nothing, because at the end of the day, he showed up to work. And, you know, you're talking about, you know, and last year's MVP, and come on now, like, that would have been a PR nightmare if the Green Bay Packers or if he would have requested a trade or, or done anything, you know, a year after, you know, this season or the offseason after winning MVP. Yeah, man. You know, and yeah. a guy that spent his entire career with one franchise. I mean, this yeah. isn't a Tom Brady-like situation. I mean, clearly, in the post-Tom Brady era, you know, he's kind of thrown a little bit of shade at Belichick. And, you know, clearly yeah, it was sure. time for him to have a, you know, a change of scenery. And yep. obviously that's worked out well for him in Tampa yeah, Bay. Yeah, worked out good for Tom But, so you far. know, Aaron Rodgers isn't a Tom Brady. He is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. You know, he, he's certainly reaching legendary quarterback yeah. status. But at the end of the day, you know, he's got how many Super Bowls? He's got one. That's so it. So he's got one. He's got one. Right? I mean, yep. you know, Tom Brady has what? Uh, seven way too many uh, way too many, too many. way That's too many I mean, he's stolen there. some Super Bowls from how many teams yeah so I mean you know and I'm, again I'm not trying to cheapen anything that your boy oh, no, there has not. but I think that perspective is something that's warranted here I mean he's not he's an MVP he's one of the league's best players he's he's great at hosting Jeopardy he's <laughs> you know true. he's dating yeah. a actress and you know he's dated Olivia Munn and you know, he's got a whole list of accolades outside of, of football. He does. Yeah. And he has a lot of accolades within football. But at the end of the day, there wasn't – I don't believe that he was – it's all, like you said, much like the great Phil Jackson, much like the great Bill Belichick, much like Tom Brady, mm-hmm. much like Kobe Bryant. Um, you know, there's a lot of guys, LeBron James, there's a, there's a lot of players in sports that have used the media, to, like you said. Yeah strategically put stuff out there um, and whatnot. But at the end of the day, this is his team. This is where he's assigned to play. Yeah. I think that, you know, playing at Lambeau Field, playing for the Green Bay Packers, that's a badge of honor. And I think that, you know, you, you don't, you know, even when the great Brett Favre ended up leaving Green Bay, right, and handed over the reins to Aaron Rodgers, you know, that didn't, from what I can recollect, that didn't necessarily go down quite as smooth either. That was a mess. And it really yeah, kind of, really if I'm not mess, mistaken, Mikey, it was and a mess. correct me if I'm wrong, yeah. you know, as a as a Packers fan, but like it kind of tarnished Brett Favre's legacy within that organization, or at least in the fan base. It did. It did. It took a few years um, to kind of mend things fully. Uh, there, there were guy, there were fans that always loved Favre all the way through, but there, there was definitely. Um, damage done and it was actually Aaron Rodgers a few years down the road that kind of helped be a kind of olive branch type thing extending yeah. back and kind of going vocal and saying hey we should be doing a little bit more to get Brett Favre back in this building and honoring him um, and the, the franchise had always planned to do that a lot but Aaron Rodgers being vocal about it certainly helped because yeah. he was the guy that 
you know, why is why Favre was ushered out. And, you know, there it was well documented, documented when Rodgers was first drafted. That was a frosty relationship. Favre didn't want him there. He, the quote was, you know, it's not my job to get Aaron Rodgers ready to play. It's my job to win football games, essentially. So um, it was always that kind of thing. But, yeah, it was a mess. It was a mess, dude. Yeah. So, um, you know, we <laughs> – the way it was going back in April, I was like, not again, you know, yeah, like, yeah. oh my gosh, you know, let's not do it again, so, um, dude, I think you make some good points, and that's kind of like I how I can see both sides of it, you know, you're under contract for three more years, you kind of have to show up and, and do your job, um, when you listen to the press conference he gave and, and kind of went through the offseason and what happened to get to the point and everything like that, it makes a little bit of sense, He he was looking to just be a little bit more involved in conversations past the season. Um, again, it, it just just because you are a legendary quarterback and you've been around for a long time and you've won a Super Bowl doesn't necessarily mean you should be in the conversation for personnel type of stuff, right? I get that part of it. But I get his point about maybe you should at least talk to me about the guys that are going to affect me doing my job. So if you're going to cut a receiver right. that I have a good rapport with, and I've been in training camp with this guy for four weeks, and he's catching balls, and I'm on the same page with him, and then you cut him, and now you give me a different guy I haven't thrown to, I can see that. You know, yeah. I can totally see that. And it, that's something that happens in this league. Tom Brady and Bruce Arians talk about the receivers and who they like. I mean, you know, yeah. not that's just one example, but – you go around the league, that relationship exists sure. with a lot of quarterbacks. Much like coaches. the relationship between a quarterback and his offensive lineman. Yeah, uh, yeah, so. uh, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. So I see that part of it, and, and, you know, I understand that. And to not use Aaron Rodgers as a recruiter to bring in potential free agents is a disservice to the franchise and the team, in my opinion. With, with a guy of that high level who's going into his 17th season – like he pointed out, as nice as the people are in Green Bay and love their football, uh, cheese is great, the beer is great, but it's not a vacation destination. You know, we've yeah. all seen it. It gets to the end of December. Nobody's lining up to go there. Yeah, it's no, not me. Negative 20-degree weather. So they're going there, like he said, for an opportunity to play for a good franchise that has history and a chance to win a championship. Yeah. So I get those points. Um, one thing that I really actually – agreed with in his press conference was the way and he went through a whole laundry list of some of these veterans that were showing the door over the however many years during his tenure here and I agreed with a lot of it we caught a lot of guys because we were getting to the end of their contracts and they their level of performance as they aged didn't quite match what the money was going to be but instead of going back to the table and trying to restructure a deal and bringing them back on a little bit more team friendly stuff we showed a lot of these guys the door, guys that helped us win a championship, guys that were defensive players of the year, like Charles Woodson. Um, you know, Jordy Nelson was a fan fav favorite, you know, Aaron Rodgers' favorite. Was he playing at a 9 or $10 million level when we let him go? No, but I think Rodgers is right. What he brings to the locker room, that's worth $3 million a year, and we could have yeah. easily paid him that, yeah. you know, but we completely lowballed him, so... When he was talking about the fabric of the locker room and letting go some really high character guys because yeah. you were going to have to pay him a little bit more, guess what? I'd rather pay more for character and have a nice, cohesive locker room than, 
you know, just hey, getting the most talented guys, but you got a bunch of guys that don't jive in the locker room. Right, we've seen all that. Locker room. We've yeah. seen all that can work out. We've had super teams in the NFL over the years, and the majority of them don't, don't do out. anything. You yeah. know, so um, you know, a few years ago, the Eagles, you know, had their super team with Mike Vick, and they got all these free agents. They went eight and eight. Cost Andy Reid his job. Yeah. So um, there you go. But that part of it, I liked. I thought that was well said. Um, you know, I'm glad they brought back Randall Cobb for a sixth round pick. I think that was a great deal, and um, I'm happy they did that. So, yeah. you know what? Good job, Rodgers, for getting that done because we need a slot receiver. And I went back and checked the stats, and, you know, there's the number one receiver in Aaron Rodgers' career as far as catching the highest percentage of targets his way. Randall Cobb, Mikey, 71% of wow. the targets in those guys when they played together his career, Cobb managed to haul in. That's really good. So, yeah, let's bring that guy back. Yeah. Let's bring him back and get him on the field at least yeah. a little bit. I know it's not the Cobb from five years ago. We all know that. But, you know, he's still playing pretty good. The Texans were a dumpster fire last year, and he still put up almost 500 yards and three wow. scores. So, And that was with missing time with injury. Anyway, I get those points. Like you said, the, I also understand the, pan, the fans' perspective in the front office. You're under contract for three more years. There's not a lot you could kind of do here. Yeah. Now I understand more of where this trade talk came from when he was talking about trying to get more of a commitment beyond this season and trying to be involved in those plans. Um, I give him credit. I thought it was a, a great press conference, and I give the GM credit for going and getting Cobb right away. And at least it's a show of good faith. It's a show of good faith to get it going. Um, you know, the last dance reference and all those different things, you know, and, and everything. Um, I, I know Devontae Adams broke off the contract talks. Look, we're we're a ways away from being able to make him the highest paid receiver, so I understand why that didn't get done necessarily. Yeah. Some people were like, "Oh, it's it's going to be completely over." We have a lot of reworking to do to get him up to D Hop's contract, which is twenty seven million a year. There, we, he's getting sixteen and a half right now, which is really good money yeah. for a wide receiver. So, to free up another ten million, you got to do some maneuvering to get sure. there. We're not there yet. We're just trying to get under our cap. But he's the highest rated wide receiver on Madden, dude. He is. He's a perfect 99 this year. Yeah. And uh, I give Madden credit because they they nailed that one. He was pretty, he was pretty awesome last yeah, year. Yeah, D-Hop's right behind him with yeah, 98. Yeah, 98. Yeah, I don't know. Right, we'll I, see we, about we'll that. We'll see about that one, right? But, um, you know, I'm excited still. It was messy, but he, he, by all counts, he's in camp. He's ready to work, so let's see what happens. You know, that old saying, winning cures all, and we'll see. I yeah. mean, hopefully... This training camp's a little bit better. Um, we don't cut, you know, Aaron's favorite training camp receiver this year. You know, maybe we leave him on the roster yeah, and, you right. know, see how that goes. Yeah. But, uh, mm -hmm. you know, I couldn't uh, couldn't agree with him more about some of those veteran guys uh, that I mentioned. You know, uh, A.J. Hawk, T.J. Lang, a couple other guys as well. That uh, Julius Peppers, guys I would have liked to see stick around that still had some stuff left in the tank and uh, would have added to the locker room as well. So, Anywho, that's my take on that. I definitely understand both sides. Um, like you said, I'm happy he showed up for work at the end of the day. Yeah. Let's go win a championship. We, yeah. we, we've been close the last two years. and you know, Let's this go, is get a, a, go get it done. This is a top five ro roster in the NFL talent-wise on both sides of the ball. You can go through every side. We, we did that in past episodes when this stuff first broke yeah. at the end of April. It's still your best chance to win a title for all these dudes. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we got a lot of guys in contract years. Contract years usually end up pretty good. Guys are yeah. 
looking to make money, so they show up. They ball. So let's go do it. Let's let's go bring it home, guys. We'll make it happen. Anyway. Or not. Right? Go or, cards. you know, losing the NFC Championship for the third year. You know, hey, maybe know. maybe you lose to my Cardinals. Oh, you never know. Hey. Oh, man, there we go. Hey, I do like your Cardinals, though, Mikey. You know, hey, when we get to our NFL preview, we're going to have some fun, I think, talking yes, about our two teams. But, um, hey, there you go, guys. We we tackled Mr. Aaron Rodgers showing up uh, to my Packers, what, what we thought about that. Uh, we're going to take one more quick segment break. When we come back, we're going to chat a little, you know, NBA draft. Switch it back to the NBA. Give you our thoughts there. Balls and Beards podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Balls and Beards Podcast, episode 32, cruising right along, Mikey. We talked about Russ Westbrook. We yep. talked about Aaron Rodgers. Yep. Now it's time to talk about, you know, all the young men that were drafted on uh, Thursday evening into the NBA. Um, lots of grades out there, lots of winners and losers already, which is kind of funny because, you know, none of these guys have played yet, so we'll, we'll find out who the winners and losers are a few years down the road, but... Um, dude, did anything stick out to you in particular uh, from the NBA draft? Any any picks you really liked? Uh, um, you know, I know there was a lot of trade stuff being talked about. Not too many big trades though ended up going down. But yeah, you know what's what? your take? Yeah, okay. So uh, first of all, being an adult sucks because like you know I had to work and I missed the first part of the draft. I did too. Um, <laughs> I missed like the first like ten picks. Yeah. Uh, before I got home and turned it on. So, you know, full disclosure, folks. Um, <laughs> but look, look I, I think it's interesting. One of the interesting things has nothing to do with actual players, but like the draft itself and ever, the, the hullabaloo and the hype that goes before the draft. Unlike maybe the, you know, last year's draft where you didn't have a college season, you had COVID, you know, ravaging the country. Like there wasn't necessarily a consensus, number one. True. That is uh, very Kate true. Kate Cunningham was the consensus number he one. He was the consensus number I, I mean, let's be one. real. So, yeah. like, all of this yeah. BS talk about, like, you know, is it going to be Kate Cunningham? Cunningham? Is it going to be Jalen Green? Like, who is it going to You know, it, it, no. It, it was going to be Kate Cunningham. Yeah, it, it was always. It was, yeah. you know, totally so agree, man. that takes the drama out of that, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, but, look, it's always a hopeful time, you know, Jay Billis is probably one of, as far as I'm concerned as a sports fan, Jay Billis is probably one of the finest dudes out there. I mean, this dude pours over tape and oh, watches so much film about yeah, these college guys. And, you know, whether it's him, his assistants, whoever, his note takers, I don't know. But when that guy talks, kind of like Adrian Wojnarowski, you know, has been for the last decade or whatever for the sure. NBA. You know, here's a guy that knows his stuff. And when yeah. he listens yeah, and he, he talks totally about does. what these young players yeah. bring in terms of their game, yeah. you know, he's not one of these guys that waxes poetic about what they're going to do for their teams. He just says, look, this is the way that they played at their respective schools yep. um, and, you know, what they potentially could bring to the NBA. I mean, really, the draft is all about potential. And, totally. you know, whether or not these guys are going to turn into bona fide stars or if these guys are going to be, you know, good NBA players, or they're going to be busts. You just don't know. So, you know, having said that, 
Um, I don't think there was any really shocks. One of the biggest shocks were surprises. Not a shock. Sure, sure. A problem, but a surprise was, you know, for, for the most part, looking over, you know, uh, uh, you know, mock drafts and stuff like that, most team, most people had Jalen Suggs going number four to the Toronto Raptors. To the Raptors, Raptors right. He yeah. fell one more spot. The, Tor- the Raptors picked Scotty Barnes out of Florida State. He's that kind of a combo correct, forward, yeah. kind of a dude. Um, you know, but... Suggs went to, you know, the Magic. You know, I, I think it's a good move for the Magic. You know, you've got a rookie coach down there now. I agree, um, man. You don't yep. know about the health of Mar- of Markel Fultz. Um, right, and it, coming back from and, that ACL. Yeah. yeah, and Suggs proved without a shadow of a doubt last year in the NCAA tournament about what he brings to the table. Yeah. And for a young squad, and I know he's a rookie, but for a young team like the Magic, Having a guy that has the experience, and he's a little bit older. If I'm not mistaken, he's like 24 years old or something like that, 23 years old. He's a little yeah, bit older, yeah, I think, yeah. Suggs is. Yeah, he So is. I think that in terms of maturity, I think in terms of being able to, you know, be on the court and be a leader, I, I think that's his gig right off the bat. I, yeah. I think that, you know, with that Gonzaga team, he was a guy that played on ball, off ball, so he's not a guy that's not going to be, you know, be ball dominant. Um but I, he, his energy, what he brings to the table is going to be really good for that Orlando franchise. Whether or not that you know coincides with a playoff run or at least a, play, a run into the play-in tournament, I don't know. But he's a good pick, and it, you know the fact that he fell to number five, if you will, that was a yeah. bit of a surprise. Nothing else really shook out, uh, you know, um, um, went down uh, that was that surprising. I mean, you had the kid from Australia. Josh That's Giddy, right. yeah. they went yeah. to the Thunder at the at the sixth spot. Um, you know that you had quite a few G leaguers that went in, in the draft. Obviously, right. yeah, uh, Jalen Green yeah. for number two, yep. who can light it up offensively. Some people were saying, right. making the claim that he could be the best player in this draft. You know, a couple years down the road. Again, who knows? He's going to a crappy Houston Rockets team. You know, the Detroit Pistons, at least with Jeremy Grant last year, were respectable. So you sure. know, again. I, I don't take too much stock into that. Um, the Kings taking a point guard when they already have, you know, Tyrese Halliburton and De'Aaron Fox. Interesting, interesting move I for them. I agree with that. Um, yeah. You know, he's a good defender. I really liked his his at post, you know, his interview that he did on set in, during the draft. I mean, you know, he's a guy that likes defense, um, you know, that kind of a thing. So that's an interesting pick. I, I'm not going to go down through all of them. There no, was nothing yeah. that was major or, you know, I don't think that there were any, you know, Michael Oluwakandi or Greg Oden yeah, or, yeah, right, you know, yeah. or even, you know, Kristaps Przingis type moves where it was like, ooh, that's a suspect move. Uh, I don't think that's the case. I think that this draft probably more so than any draft in recent memory probably has more consistent players that are going to be good NBA players. Whether or not they're stars, again, remains to be seen. Um, but I think that there's some there's, there's some good players in this draft that are going to prove that they're worth NBA contracts. Um, and you'll see it down the stretch. So I, I think that's what I got for the NBA draft. Nice. You know, there was trades. There was quite a few trades. There were, yeah. Um, yep. You know, and, and, and draft picks moving around. Um, and there was minor deals that were, that were getting done. Um but it wasn't, you know, maybe more so than years past as far as players, active players getting traded. But other than that, dude, 
I don't have much thoughts on the draft. Again, you're nice. drafting on potential. Yeah, exactly. You know, you're trying to figure out how these guys are going to fit in. You know, and and um, so we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll have to wait. Right. We wait and see how it all shakes out. Um, you know, one of the teams I thought did did pretty good was Orlando for the reasons that you just went over. You know, getting Suggs, I thought you broke that down very nicely. Um, what he can bring to the table to Orlando. So. Um, Kudos to them. Good job not, you know, he fell to you, wasn't expecting to be there. Good job not screwing it up, you know, and taking the guy you should take. So, perfect. They they need a point guard. Um, like you said, guy that's a little bit older, played a lot of ball at Gonzaga at a very high level for a couple of years against a lot of high-end competition, especially in NCAA tournament this yeah. past year and so on. Great fit there. Um, I agree with you. I think Cade Cunningham was the number one guy this year. I think that was fairly clear. So Detroit getting him. Um, but just overall, I really like what Detroit did in this draft overall. You know, taking Cunningham, number one, the clear guy, that's good. Guard can score, 20-point-per-game guy. You know, um, again, at Oklahoma State, playing a Big 12, you're going against Kansas, Oklahoma, all these big schools. So he was putting up numbers against high-level competition. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's not like a guy that was at a, a mid-tier college that threw up 25 a game against lesser competition. Um, you know, I thought that was obviously the right pick. Uh, but then what Detroit did um, with uh, their two picks in the second round, I actually really liked. They went ahead and they took um, – or they had three picks in the second round. They did some trades, but uh, they, they took uh, – uh, Sorry, um, Livers from Michigan. Uh -huh. That was the one I was looking at. Isaiah Livers, who's um, a pretty darn good defender and a good rebounder. So you know, guy again uh, playing at Michigan in the Big Ten against uh, some you know pretty uh, you know tough competition again. I thought that was a good fit for the guy being available at, at that in that area. Yeah, uh, and Li Livers was pretty good. I, I had a chance to watch him play quite a bit this year just because I'm a Wisconsin Badger fan growing up there. We play Michigan. They're in the same conference. So I saw Livers play a few times. I like his game. I think it translates pretty good to the league as far as, you know, a rebounder yeah. and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then getting Luca Garza at number 52. Luca Garza was, um, you know, National Player of the Year. He was absolutely phenomenal the last couple of years at Iowa from a scoring standpoint, from a rebounding standpoint. He'll have to work on his long-range shooting a little bit, but again... But the, guy, the, one of the trades that went down that I think frees up time for Luca Garza is they traded away Plumley, one of their free agent acquisitions last year. They traded him away. Right. He went yep. to... They traded him to Washington, if I'm not mistaken. So, I, I mean, yes, I think that they yes. freed up um, playing time now for Luca Garza, yeah. and they're really they're really hitting that rebuild mode and they reset are. button yep. in Detroit. So they are. Um, yeah, and Dwayne I like, Casey will have uh, uh, some good pieces to work with. He will, and I like the fact they went and got guys that that you can you can get on the floor right away and let these guys play. They had plenty of experience in college. Garza played a ton of ball at Iowa over the last few years. He's a he won the Big Ten Player of the Year the last two years. I mean, he's he's played a ton of, of basketball, again, at a high level against a lot of high-end competition. So um, he's got some work to do, like a lot of these prospects. But I really like what Detroit did in this draft as far as just, again, going for guys that could step in and play. One, 
I and I understand the picks. I uh, one team I want to talk about. Maybe you know my only other real big take. I'm gonna, now I'm going to go the other direction. I thought Golden State did not do a particularly great job in this draft. I think they got great players that have a high ceiling, but for a team that was maybe trying to get some help right away, Kuminga, a G League 19-year-old who's got a lot of work to do from the Congo, and um, then going and getting um, Moses uh, Moses Moody there from Arkansas, who I like. He's lengthy. He's he's got a game that will translate to the NBA, but he's super raw. And he again, he's he was just a freshman. He's 19. These guys aren't gonna do much contributing this year. Probably not next year either. Yeah. A couple years down the road, there's potential there, but they need they need some development. I know Draymond Green was excited about it, but it seemed that they went a little bit in a different direction than what a lot of people thought they were gonna do right. in this draft. So, me included. Um, again, the guys have ceilings, but to me it was, um, I don't know, it, it was a little bit of a surprise. There, there were some other guys, in my opinion, that were out there and available that they probably could have took that would have maybe been able to step in and play right right away uh, and be more of a contributor this year. Yeah, or, or, or even to be able to trade, you know, package their picks, because if I'm not mistaken, yeah, it was yeah. uh, number 11 and number 14. So. You know, they, and there was a lot of rumors to that effect. You know, um, like we talked about before we press record, one of the biggest rumors uh, going into this draft was that the the Seventy Sixers were really looking at moving Ben Simmons yeah, yeah, during this were. draft. Yeah, and clearly that didn't happen. And and by all accounts, the reason why is that because the Seventy Sixers had a much, a much too much 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 ridiculously. At, high, you know, asking price for yeah, a guy totally, that totally. sucks at the free throw line, um, who can't get it done down the stretch, can't put the ball on the hole, um, you know, and, and so, yeah, I, I, I don't blame them. I mean, rumor had it, it was like from the Spurs, they were looking for four first round picks, like four pick swaps, and then like a star young player, like... There was no, like, that's way too many draft picks. Like, I get it. You weren't necessarily asking for a superstar in return. But, you know, when you have, with the Golden State Warriors, when you're sitting on, you know, uh, um, you know Andrew Wiggins in particular, you know, you have the, or, or even James Wiseman, you've got the ability to package those two guys and the number seven and 14 yeah. pick. Or, you know, you had the ability to go out there and get Steph and Clay and Draymond some help sooner rather than later yeah, yeah um and you didn't do that now yeah. you know good point it's good it's point. really jacob lacob it's it's really hard you know ben uh myers excuse me lacob's the owner yeah but that goes to so either way you know it's really hard to kind of knock them because outside of like the failed d'angelo russell trade like you know, you had they've made some decent moves over the season. Oh you know, yeah, the years, yeah. They've I, done I agree. really good things. I agree. Revived, I agree. you know, Sean Livingston's career. They've made some smart and shrewd, you know, really kind of shrewd moves. But this is, I think, was a misfire. I agree yeah, with you. I, right? I think that their ability or their lack of ability to to get help right away when you saw other teams kind of reload, um, it was it, it's kind of disheartening. Now. Both of these guys could very well, you know, turn into great players for that franchise. Um, that's true. You know, that's not to say that these picks don't get included in a package. 
Um, if I'm not mistaken, you know, they do have a little bit of wiggle room now with free agency starting on Monday. They should, yeah. So, you know, to be able to trade these picks. But usually that happens on draft night. This kind of stuff doesn't mm-hmm. typically happen so soon after the draft. So, you know, it, it is. I, you know, when you see what the Lakers did, um, you know, and, and their other teams have question marks. Rumor has it Chris Paul is coming back on three-year, $90 million deal with the Suns. Oh, wow. Okay. That was All news right. today. Um, so, I mean, you you know, again, you really didn't a whole lot. Now, granted, again, Chris, you know, you're talking about a franchise that had injuries last year, you know, and still played pretty well. Kurt, you know, hopefully Thompson's back. Um, after Clay Thompson's back after his injury, Traymond Green right, proved right. himself to be a really good defender. You know, he kind of reignited himself defensively last year. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if the powers that be that are in Golden State think that they can't run it back. When you've got Curry on the floor, much that's like true. a Dane yeah, Lillard or a LeBron James, yeah. you've got a chance every single yeah, time you step true. on the floor. So it doesn't really matter who you fill out that roster with. You still have Andrew Wiggins on that roster. Yeah. You still have yeah, James Weissman on that roster. You still have Kevon Looney on that roster. That is all. You still yeah, have yeah. quite a few guys that can round it out and make it happen. Um, you know, Kelly Oubre is a free agent, probably going to, you know, right, leave. Right. But you've got a Moody. You've got these guys that can fill in and, you know, yeah. fill those roles. So, interesting. But I think that they missed an opportunity. Yeah, I agree. Um, wow, dude, coming down the stretch already uh, here, you know, on episode number 32 already. Um, you know, in closing on the draft, the only other two picks I just wanted to mention, Jalen Johnson from Duke going to Atlanta at number 20. Yeah. I like that pick a lot. Um, even though, of course, you know, those young pesty Hawks, uh, I have to contend, my Bucks have to contend with them. But I'll give them <laughs> kudos. I, I, that was a good pick, in my opinion. And uh, I like I like the Knicks working out a trade, what they did as well. I You know, I was a big fan of Quentin Grimes out of Houston. And uh, they went and got him uh, from the Clippers. So, you know, kudos to the Knicks. I, I thought uh, they did a pretty good job as well overall. But, you know, we'll, uh, we'll find out, as, as you pointed out, Mikey. You know, well, it's all about, yep. you know, the future with these guys. So, um, yeah, man, what a what a great episode today. I know we're coming down. we got a couple minutes. Was there any other NBA news you want to touch on? I know we, we were talking a little bit before we hit record. There's been some ongoings here lately. So, um, and the last few minutes here, if there was anything you wanted to touch on in the NBA world. Um, you know, I, um, the, the Clippers made a good move, I think. They brought back Landry Shamit. Um, they made a trade with the Nets. They brought Shamit back. I, think, good, um, good I think that that probably signals the end of the Rajon Rondo in Clipperland um, uh, you know, era. Yeah, I would agree with um, that. You know, I mean, unless Shamit kind of played himself. He played well for Brooklyn last year, so maybe he played himself into the starting role. And, you know, maybe Pat Beverly now comes off the bench. Um, you know, uh, Plumlee going to Washington. Um, you know, and Tristan Thompson got traded as well. Um, you know, in a, in a very smaller, you know, type deal. Um and then uh, the the Dallas Mavericks also made a deal uh, trade. They traded away Josh Richardson. Um, so I mean there were some small little moves. The Josh oh, yeah. Richardson trade sure. was mostly for cap space. Yeah. Um, they want to try and re-sign Tim Hardaway Jr. and rightfully so. Uh, so I you know I think that there was just some small moves. 
But again, we got free agency coming up. You know, yeah. you've got yeah. uh, if Chris Paul is going to lock up this three-year, ninety million deal, dollar deal, then you know that free agent's off the market, but uh, potential free agent anyway. And you know, Kawhi Leonard. You know, where is he going to go? Yeah, right. Um, is Kawhi going to come back? back? To, is he coming yeah. back? Is he, yeah. is he not coming back? I mean, does the does the Russell Westbrook move potentially scare him out of L.A.? Right. And I use that word loosely. I'm not trying to bait anybody. I'm not trying to say sure, that the Clippers sure. or anything yeah. like that are scared. Uh, they might be. I don't know. But, <laughs> you know, I, what does that do? I mean, because certainly the balance of power is fragile. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, you, you made it to your first Western Conference final. And you did a lot of that without Kawhi Leonard. Do the Clippers lowball him? Do they try and overpay him? You know, who, who knows? It's going to be very interesting point, to man. see what yeah. happens there. Um, but I, and that's really all I got. I mean, it, it, nothing major. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, there was the Valanchunas trade. Um, Steven oh, Adams, yeah. Eric Bledsoe yeah. went to uh, the Grizzlies. And Valanchunas and draft picks went to uh, the Pelicans. Great trade, I think, for both teams. I agree with uh, you. Valanchunas, yeah. not a great three-point shooter, but better than Steven Adams. He's going to spread the floor out more yeah. um, than Adams open up that floor for Zion, Williamson, and Brandon Ingram to do their thing. Um, and Steven Adams, I mean, come on now. This is this is the ultimate, you know, grit and grind, grizzly-type player. Does all the dirty work, gets down low, throws the elbows, rebounds the ball, protects the rim, protects his guys. Uh, Bledsoe, rumor has it, is going to be, you know, waived or, or bought out. So okay. he's going to end up right. on the free agent market. Um, you know, eventually I think there will be takers for him, provided he's willing to take a lesser role off the bench. Okay, yeah. Given his yeah, uh, injury sure. history. But really that's all I got for basketball talk. Nothing nothing else, but we'll, we'll wait and see, man. Monday's awesome, free agency. Man. Monday's so. free agency. It's awesome. And, dude, yep. uh, Mikey, thank you as always for taking us through those moves. The only one other one I'll add on, and I, I'll give you the, you know, you predicted it last week. Bobby Portis declined his $3.9 million player option today uh, to become a free agent. So we'll see what happens. You predicted that last week. I don't think it's a big surprise after um, what he did. And he showed up in the playoffs when we needed him. And, of course, you know, the Bobby chants all over. Yeah. He'll find a good home, whether it's back in Milwaukee or somewhere else. You I know, read the most that home. your Bucks could offer him in a contract is about 5.7, five, $5.9 yeah, million. I, dollars. I think he's going to get at least double figures. Yeah, I think uh, you're right. He's, and he he'll, gone. he'll probably be gone. So, you know, Bobby, thanks, man. Appreciate it. You, help, you helped us get that ship, dude. So, um Hey guys, Balls and Beards podcast, episode 32, about to be in the books. We've got NBA free agency next week. We will be back to talk about that. And then, of course, NFL camps are in. A couple weeks down the road, we'll have a big NFL preview, of course, as well. Guys, Balls and Beards podcast. Dude, it was a great episode. I love talking to Russ. I love talking to Aaron Rodgers. Always a good time, dude. Yeah, brother. Next week, we'll be back. NBA free agency. Strap your seatbelts on. It's already getting excited here with some trades. Hey, Balls and Beards podcast in the books. Mikey, anything in closing today, bro? No, sir. Everybody have a great and safe weekend. Have a great weekend, y'all. Check out our Patreon, Balls and Beards podcast. We'll have a little bit more content on there as well this week. Uh, Check it out, guys. Thanks for the support. We'll see you next week.